Hey, it's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Conscious Coach Podcast. I am really excited for today's episode. We're back to more of my normal content instead of sharing Meet My Mentor. And I had a ton of fun recording those. And today's episode, I'm also very excited to talk about because this is probably one of the things that I coach on the most. And I'm calling it your relationship with money. And this is genuinely so important for entrepreneurs to see that money is not just something that's neutral. I I don't think that anyone believes money is neutral, even though a lot of people teach like money is neutral. Like it's not (laughs) because we have subconscious programming around money. And so you already have a relationship to money. And I want to kind of dissect that today for you and uncover what it means to create your relationship with money very intentionally because most of us have unconscious programming, unconscious relationships with money that typically we get from our parents, right? But it's also just like the way most of the world thinks. And so when you decide to be an entrepreneur, I really believe that you also decide to have a different relationship with money. You have to think about it differently because the way we make money as entrepreneurs is different than the way people make money at jobs. And what I mean by that is that we create it. We're not limited by time making us money. We're only created by the value we add, the beliefs we have, and our marketing, in my opinion. And so our work is to make our relationship with money conscious, which means it's intentional. It means you decide what your relationship with money is going to be instead of letting it be a default thing. And so I'm going to start off by sharing some of the metaphors that I have around money that have helped me kind of rewrite the story. And this isn't something that you just like listen to a podcast and you're like, check, got a good relationship with money. (laughs) Like I wish it worked that way. But for me, this has been layers and layers and time spent uncovering and rewiring my brain so that I know what I think so that I can choose something more consciously, right? Like so that I can choose what I want to think. So this has been years in the making. So when I have a big month, When I can charge high ticket, all these things, it came because of my own inner work around money. And so I want to bring that to this podcast. And I've talked about it before, but I feel like the distinctions, the nuances that I'll bring to the conversation are much more masterful now than they were a long time ago. And so um, some of the metaphors that I want to share with you, and we'll talk and dive into each of these. But the first one is that money is like a friend. And this was like hard for me to really see, but then I, once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. You know what I mean? Once I saw how I was treating money as if it was my friend, I was like, oh my gosh, like no wonder I can't keep money around. Like I'm like, I'm only use money, right? I'm only using it. I'm not grateful for it. I'm not honoring it. I'm not excited to see it, right? I'm stressed when it comes into my house, (laughs) right? It's like, ah, it's going to be gone. Like you're going to leave me, right? That's how I treated my friends, my money friend. Um, money would come into my bank account and I'd be like, Hey, you're kind of not enough. Like imagine saying that to your friend, like, Hey, I know you're here, but like, you're kind of not enough for me. Like that doesn't feel good. It doesn't create the relationship you want. And that's why it didn't stick around. It didn't invite its friends over. (laughs) Right. And so for me thinking of money, like a friend actually really taught me to be like grateful for it when it comes And also not attached to when it leaves. That was really helpful for me because I don't want my friends to feel like they have to live at my house because money comes in and money leaves, right? Like that's part of our relationship with money. We call it 
currency, which means it comes and it goes. Like if you think about a river, it doesn't, you don't dam it up. You don't keep it around. You don't hoard it. We use it. And so part of that is creating money. Like one of the things that I work on with my clients is like money is good to make, good to keep, good to spend, good to give away, good to invest, right? It's good for all of it, not just one part of what it does as a resource for us. And so when I think about money like a friend, it's like when it leaves, it's like, I know you're going to come back. We have a great relationship, (laughs) right? Instead of where are you going? When are you coming back? Oh my gosh, don't leave me, right? Like that's what I used to do to money all the time. And now I have a much more fluid relationship where it's like, hey, I trust you. I trust money. It's going to come back. So I make it, I spend it. I make it, I keep some. I make it, I invest some. I make it, I give some away. And that feels really good because I trust it. The next metaphor that I think a lot of people discuss is money is a resource or money is a tool, right? It's a neutral. And this is where we get that idea from that money isn't good or bad. It just is like a hammer can be used to build a beautiful home or it can be used to crush someone's skull, right? That sounds really morbid. As I was saying it, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I should say that, but I did. (laughs) So if you think about a hammer, like a a resource, right? A hammer can build a hammer, a hammer can break. It can take a life. Money's the same thing, right? Like people can be greedy with money. People can be evil with money. People can be yucky with money. And what's interesting is why we keep that story, right? If you keep the story that money is yucky and you don't want to be a yucky person, you're going to keep money away from you. And so part of our work is to rewrite the story we have about money. And I've rewritten it so much that I want to share some of my beliefs as of money as a resource, that money is really good. When you have more money, you have more power to change the world in good ways. When you have more money, you're free to be emotionally invested in other things like service, like your relationships, like writing a book, like creating art, like being at peace. (laughs) You know, there's so many other things that you can have when you get money by your time back. And so when I think of the world changing, I really do believe that it's going to be because women learned how to make money, a lot of it, and do good things with it, like investing in programs or charities or nonprofits that you believe in, like giving to loved ones, like even like the, as simple as like paying for people's dinner. Like I love doing that, not because it makes me feel like I'm so superior, but like, I just love doing it. It makes their life better. I enjoy doing it because I've learned how to create money and that that's fun. Um, if you think that money is evil, what you're really doing is you're just associating evil people that you know that happen to have money. It's not actually related, right? Money doesn't make you evil. Money just makes you more of who you are. And if you've done the inner work, you've probably heard that phrase before, except you're not willing to apply it to yourself. If you look in the mirror and you know you're a good person, guess what? The more money you make, the more you can be good in the world. If you're ambitious, money will help you achieve your ambitions so that you can have even bigger ambitions and serve the world, right? If you're a good mom for, in my experience, money has made me a better mom. I'm, I'm more fun. I take my kids on fun adventures. I'm less stressed because I know where money comes from. I know I create it. And so it's made me a better mom. It's made me a better wife. Um, it's made me a better sister. Like having money has made me better because I'm a good person. And it's interesting because some people have a hard time even saying that out loud, that you're a good person. And that has nothing to do with money. It just has to do with your self-worth. And so the more you can clean up the inner game, the inner work, the cleaner your relationship with money will be. 
And that has changed my life. Now, when I look out in the world, I don't judge people based on how much money they have. I look at their character. I look at their personality. I look at their actions, not just their bank, like how much money they have, because it's so unrelated. But the programming is real, right? We see this in movies. We see this in books, like the greedy old rich person that's mean. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I think of Ebenezer Scrooge. Like he's this old man with a lot of money who's mean and so and that's not the only place we see that right and so I think part of our work is to unravel our thoughts and ask where did this thought come from where did I start believing that you're evil if you have money because I don't want that thought because I'm not evil but I want more money right and so that was helpful for me is like money really is just a resource it's just a tool like any other tool that I have it's not any more moral it's not evil it's not better it just is Okay, and one of the things that really helped me with with this piece that, that money is a resource is that money is just pure potentiality, right? I can do lots of things with money and, and money isn't in and of itself anything, right? When I hold, let's say a $100 bill, that $100 bill can't really do anything for me as far as like the paper is concerned, right? Like, okay, I have a piece of paper. It's what the paper represents, which is pure potential. And so I don't want to judge it. I want to be grateful for it. I want to be in awe of it. I want to respect it. I want to see it for what it is, which is potentiality. That's why we want it, right? We don't want it for the paper. We want it for the pure potential that it represents and has the capability to bring to us. The next metaphor that I want to share with you about money is like money is like air. And what's interesting is like, think about hoarding money as like holding your breath, like, like holding your breath in does not feel good. Like you want to breathe out. And that's for like, I use that metaphor for clients who have a hard time releasing money, um, both in the form of like investing in their business or in their life, spending money on self care, on clothes, on shoes, on new tech for their business, on going on a trip once in a while right? So money is like air. You breathe it in, you breathe it out. And there's always more air. There's always more air to breathe. And what's cool about that is um, this is where I got one of my really strong beliefs, which is whatever I spend, I make more. And if you're not an entrepreneur, that can feel really like, it can be triggering if I'm being really honest. (laughs) It used to be triggering for me when I heard people say that. But now that I really believe it, it's so empowering to know that whatever I spend, I make more because of that belief. Like I've been able to do amazing things for my family. It also gives me that inner certainty that like, it's not money that I rely on. It's my belief that I'm the one that can make money. And that's a different relationship, right? It's not the money that I'm attached to. It's my belief that I'm the person that can create it. And so money is like air because It's me that's creating it. It's all in my hands, right? At any moment, I can take a breath in, and at any moment, I can exhale. Money is like air. And so this, those three metaphors, I mean, there's so many, but those are the three that have really changed um, my my life. The other one that I've heard is that money is like a lover, (laughs) right? And I would just put that in the friend, like the, I would put that towards like that relationship with a friend that I talked about a little earlier, that like, why are you always leaving me? Where are you going? Don't talk to that person. Don't leave me. Right? Like that, like obsession, that codependency, that toxic relationship with money that a lot of people have with their lovers. And I think that this has been helpful for me is like, I don't have a codependent relationship with my husband, Wesley. We have a really healthy relationship where I totally trust him. 
I don't need him. I want to be with him. And when he goes away on a guy's trip or he goes and has fun, you know, playing basketball or whatever, I'm not, I don't, I'm fine. I'm genuinely excited for my want him to have a good life with me and without me. We're not the same person and we're not enmeshed. We're not codependent. So when he goes and has fun, I'm genuinely excited for him. That's how I feel about money, right? I'm genuinely grateful when money comes in and I also am totally understanding and chill when it needs to leave and go do its own thing, right? And that looks like my investments in coaching, in my business, that looks like making a big purchase, that looks like my bills, my taxes. I'm good at releasing it because I know that it'll come back. I'm not worried about it. I'm not like, I'm not really stressed about it because I have a healthy relationship. And so that was just another metaphor that I've heard before that you might've heard that I think is helpful. Um, one of the things that I think is really powerful is that just like anything, we speak and create money the way that it is. And what's cool is, is if you haven't liked the way that you've been speaking money into existence in the form of like, there's never enough of it. Money's so hard, money's so stressful. We think we're reporting the news we think we're just saying that this is the way it has to be because this is the way it is and what you don't realize is is you are literally speaking that into your life the way that you're thinking the way that you're speaking about money is how you're creating your circumstances and because you're that powerful like truly money is about your personal power in this world and a lot of people will not like hearing that But I want to say it because for me, becoming empowered around money has helped me be an empowered person. It's helped me see that I'm the creator always of my life, that it's always within my hands to change a circumstance that I don't like. Um, Even if it's just changing my, my perception of it, especially when I got started, we had a lot of debt, a lot of student loan debt, a lot of personal debt, and it felt really heavy. And what I realized is that I'm not going to be able to change the circumstance overnight, but if I keep being frustrated at the circumstance, I'm going to keep speaking it into existence because if I complain about it, that's me speaking it into existence. And so I had to stop speaking what I didn't want out loud. I had to stop complaining is basically what I mean by that. And that was a huge shift for me. When I stopped complaining about my financial situation, it gave me the space and the creativity to create the money that would actually solve for the financial situation that I didn't like, right? And that's that's huge. We have to be solution-focused instead of problem-focused. And for, I think, most of the world, most people are problem-focused where they're obsessed about the problem they have with money, their financial situation as it is, instead of using their imagination to create something different. And a lot of people aren't gonna really grasp what I'm saying until you've witnessed this process, right? where you start to speak something into existence. Like I am a powerful creator. Money is always there for me. It's hard to speak that if you don't see it, right? But that's how you're gonna change it is by speaking it. So one of the things that I used to do is like, money's always there for me. And I used to say that in the beginning, it didn't feel real, but now it really feels real. Whatever I spend, I make more. And I remember saying that before we bought Wesley his like dream truck. And he was like, I like that. And I was like, it's true. Like whatever we spend, we will make more. And I believe that to my bones so that now when I need to release large amounts of cash, that's okay. I'm going to make more. And for an entrepreneur, I feel like that's really, really important. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. People will go to a, a college and, you know, spend four years of their life getting a bachelor's degree. Some people go into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And then they become an entrepreneur and they balk at the investments that they need to make to become the entrepreneur. And I've spent 
tens of thousands of dollars at this point um, in my life. And I know I'm going to spend tens of thousands more because I'm interested in becoming the, the entrepreneur that I want to be, right? I'm so attached to the identity of who I will be that I'm willing to release the money to collapse time around how fast I become that person, right? Money is an exchange for time in my experience. And so for me, I'm willing to release money, but in like the college or the, the traditional model, people get so caught up in, you know, that that's normal. It's normal to spend hundred K on an education, but it's not normal to spend 20 K on a coach. And I'm like, but a coach can help you collapse time around how fast you make hundred K. That's, that's what blew my mind and why I was willing to start spending a lot of money on my own coaching and development and why I charge a lot to work with me because I can collapse time for my clients. And that's why I invest for myself as a client, right? That's why I invest in what I invest in. I'm interested in people collapsing time for me, which is my relationship with money and time. And the more empowered I got around that, the more I was able to make clear decisions and just be all in and ready to move because I knew that this investment, each investment I've ever made is gonna collapse time around how fast I could grow as an entrepreneur. And this is true for fitness, this is true for relationships, this is true for money, this is true for organization, this is true for mental health. That when we invest, it's about collapsing time and getting the result which is a belief issue, right? If you don't believe that, there's no way you're ever gonna spend money to actually collapse time. I know I did that for years. I was so afraid that if I invested, it wouldn't work, that I ended up slowing my progress down by enormous amounts. And that that was not a service to me. And the moment I saw it, the moment I realized like, there's never been a billionaire in the world or a millionaire in the world that didn't invest in themselves pretty heavily. I was like, oh, like if I want to be a millionaire, I invest in myself. That's just what I do. And it's not like you make blind investments. It's just that you realize it's not the one investment that's going to make the difference. It's becoming an investor. It's an identity level shift. It's not just a one-time investment. It's becoming someone who invests in themselves frequently, often, powerfully. That's what I feel like I've become. And that has transformed my relationship with money to the point where I trust it. I know how to create it. I'm good with it coming and I'm good with it going. I believe in it. And over time I will grow my wealth. That's something that I believe in. And so those start with shifts in your perception about money, which is why I wanted to talk about this today. It's like, it's not just something in the future that's going to happen. You're not going to get hit by a bus of money. Like you're going to create, I mean, that happens, I guess people win the lottery. But one of the things that really shifted for me, I ask this question sometimes, it's like, would you rather create a million dollars or would you rather just be given. And I always answer, create a million dollars. Cause if I know how to do it once, I can do it over and over and over again. Once I'm the person who can make that amount of money, I know how to make it forever. And so that's why for me that like the most important relationship you have as an entrepreneur, besides your, your trust with yourself is your trust with money, which reflects your trust in yourself. And so money is an amazing mirror for you and your beliefs about what's possible your beliefs about your value, right? And one of the distinctions I want to make here is something I learned from Tony Robbins. And he says, you know, your your value as a soul is infinite. And I believe that. Like, I, I hardcore believe that. That there's nothing that you can do to be more valuable as a soul, as a human being. But there are things you can do to be more valuable in the marketplace, right? And I understood that pretty early on. I knew I wanted to make myself and my mind very valuable. I wanted to make my business valuable to my clients so that they would pay me what I wanted to make. 
I wanted to value my time so that other people would pay what I wanted to make, <laughs> right? And so I became a valuable asset. I, I sharpened my mind. I read books. I took courses. I got coaching. I joined mentorship programs, and I still do, because the more valuable I become, the more money I make. And that was another shift that really served me in my relationship with money. And now I, I do make money on demand. And I'm not a millionaire, but I know I'm on the path to becoming one. And I, that's why I want to share my journey, because how cool is that? <laughs> one day someone will listen to this and I will be a millionaire, but they'll listen to this on in August of 2022. And they'll witness the shifts and the, the things that I was learning now that paved the way for me to create that. That's really cool. And so I want to, uh, you to adopt some of these beliefs because some of you are listening and know how to make money on demand. Like you, you believe in yourself as a powerful creator of money. And some of you are listening and you don't know how to create money on demand. You don't believe in yourself as an entrepreneur. You're scared to invest. You're scared to ask for money. And I want to help you heal that because until you do, your business will feel hard. You will be afraid to ask for the sale. You will resist raising your prices. You're going to resist even sharing your price with people or even charging for what you do. And that's not of service. It's not a surprise that the clients that I have that get their best results are the ones that pay me the most. They get it. They are all in. And it's not because they have the money necessarily. It's because they're willing to bet on themselves. They're willing to create the certainty within instead of waiting for circumstances to change. Circumstances don't change. We shape them with our thinking and our actions. And that is a result of our identity shifts. And this has been such powerful spiritual work for me. If you have followed me, if you know me, you know that money is very spiritual to me. It's, it's a spiritual creation game because think this, this changed my relationship with money, right? The dollar bill isn't the money, it's what it represents, right? Which is a spiritual concept. And so the more I can understand the spiritual concept of money and the more spiritual in alignment I am with creation, the easier it is for me to create money. And for me, that has been my work. It has been such a game changer for me to see that it's all a spiritual creative process. Business is a spiritual creative process. Money is a spiritual creative process. I am a spiritual creative process. My identity, my personality, my beliefs is all created spiritually. Money is created spiritually, right? It's a spiritual idea, money. We're not on the gold standard. We got off the gold standard a long time ago. Money is an agreement between us as humans. It's just something we've all decided on. And that's a spiritual principle. And so for me, the more in alignment I am with service, with goodwill, with growth and contribution, with becoming who I can be, with aligning with my potential, the more money comes to me. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about was this idea of wealth consciousness. One of the things that I really believe in is that the more wealth conscious you are and the more you're willing to elevate wealth consciousness of those around you the more wealthy you will become by law there's a great book about this called the happy pocket full of money i really recommend you read that book Um, there's another one that i recommend it's called you are a badass at making money by jen sincero those two books like really help me see money differently And then there's others that you'll find along your way. But if you haven't read those books, definitely read them. Um, And for me, like doing money work, both by reading, but also by acting and being around people who make a lot of money and not judging people who make a lot of money has elevated my wealth consciousness. And now I, in turn, get to elevate your wealth consciousness, my client's wealth consciousness, people that just know me who don't even aren't coaches or aren't entrepreneurs who just get to talk to me. Like, I know that I elevate wealth consciousness of those around me just because of how I think about money. And so um, one of the beliefs I have 
is I elevate the wealth consciousness of everyone around me. And if I do that, I'm a match for money, right? If I can help other people make more money, I will in turn make more money, right? If I can help other people feel abundant, I will feel abundant and I will create abundance in my life. And you don't have to be a business coach to do this. That's like a huge thought error. You can just be an abundant person and you will receive abundance. Like that's just how it works. And so that's where my, my thoughts come from is like, whatever I spend, I make more. That's wealth consciousness. Wealth consciousness is about believing in the infinite supply. Wealth consciousness is about seeing that money is an infinite resource. There's just more where that came from truly because we don't have like gold tucked away in caves anymore. It's not backed by anything physical. It is spiritual and there is infinite substance in the spiritual realm. And I know this is a little woo, this is a little out there, but like this is why it's so easy for me to believe in money and believe in people in their power to create money. It's because it is everywhere and it is available. And so it's interesting when you start uncovering your beliefs about money and you start seeing things as infinitely abundant, if, as you start seeing things as available for you, you start making different decisions. You start charging, you start creating, you start marketing, you start believing that it's going to work or that it is working instead of waiting for your circumstances to change. And this isn't about incremental. This is something that I think is unique to entrepreneurship. You know, my husband, bless his heart. I love him so much. (laughs) He doesn't have the same mindset about me and that's perfect. We're a great match, but I'm going to use him as an example. So in his job, you know, he gets incremental, um, paycheck or not paychecks promotions right with a with a pay increase and so he might make 10 percent more per year with his promotions but like i can make a hundred percent more next month if i wanted to right it's about exponential growth it's not about something predictable it's about something that's potentiality and it's not for everyone and it doesn't happen all the time because it's not predictable that's part of the game in fact if you were in quantum play with me you know Part of the game of potentiality means you can't predict it. It's not going to happen every month. It's not going to happen every day. It's not going to be like, well, last month I made $5,000 and this month I'll make $7,000 because I'm going to grow incrementally. And this is the challenge of entrepreneurs is how can you make big numbers predictable? And that's a lot of my work with my private clients is helping them make the big numbers predictable and they can trust money. They feel great about it all the time. That's when you make it predictable. And then you create the systems that support that, like your offers, like your marketing, like your audience size, like your business model even um, supports the money, the big money being predictable. But in the beginning, it can feel unpredictable because it's so scary or unknown, I guess is a better word. And that's okay. So for some of you listening, you've recently made the transition to high ticket or you have a leveraged offer where you're making a lot of money and it can feel daunting and that's normal. You're like stabilizing a new income level. You're creating a new relationship with with money where it's like in bigger amounts and it's just your thoughts and ways of being with money that are new and it's good. It's great actually. <laughs> and the more you can stabilize it, the more you are gonna create ideas that make the money predictable for you, which is like the game, right? And so all of this has to do with your own wealth consciousness how you feel about money, how, how trusting you are of money, how much you believe you can make. In fact, I introduced you to one of my favorite mentors, Neville, Neville Goddard, and he teaches this law of assumption. One of the biggest breakthroughs I've had personally is like, I'm not making, you know, it used to be, I'm not making $5,000 a month because I don't assume I am. 
I'm not making $10,000 a month because I don't assume I am. And right now I'm working on like, I'm not making millions because I'm not in the assumption that it's going to happen, right? I don't wake up assuming I'm going to make a certain amount yet. And that's what I'm working on because the more we can raise our belief, the more we can raise our identity, the more with consciousness, conscious we are, the more the wealth comes, the more we do things that create it, the more we do things that hold it for us. And the more we create the capacity to steward it. And so for me, the relationship with money is everything. If you're an entrepreneur, it's like an endless game. You don't, I don't think you get to a certain point if you want to grow, if you're growing, your relationship with money has to grow too. It has to evolve over time so that you can hold the new amounts without like wrecking havoc on your nervous system, without ruining your relationships, without working all the time. Cause that's, that's what I stand for. I want you to have success in every area. So yes, I want you to make a lot of money, but not at the expense of your mental or emotional or physical health, right? I want you to make a lot of money and be the mom that you want to be. I want you to make a lot of money and have time for you and to connect spiritually and to have fun. Like I want you to have it all. And that requires wealth consciousness. It requires you to trust money. Cause once you do, you make different decisions. You have a different level of creativity and imagination that's available to you. The ideas that I have for my clients. In fact, this just happened just last week. I had this idea for a client. We were on a call and I was like, well, have you considered working with people for a year and charging more? and offering a little bit of a different offer. And she was like, no, but that sounds great. She offered it and she got a yes, like super fast. <laughs> and it was so fun to see it all unfold. And those are those kinds of things happen a lot because I just think differently about the money you can charge, the money you can make, the kinds of people who want those kinds of offers. Like that, those thoughts weren't even available to me in the beginning, but they are now because I changed my relationship with money. And that's what I want for you. So if you take away anything from this episode, one, constantly work on your relationship with money. See it as abundant. See it as infinite. See it as for you. See it as useful and everywhere. See it as good. Because when you think those things, you will act on those things. And especially like the congruence piece is so important. If you want to be a good person, you have to be able to see money as a way for you to become a better person or else you'll always resist it. And that's my belief is that money will make you a better person. If you're already a good person, the more money you make, the better you become, the more able you will be to give, to serve, to make an impact the way you want to like truly the resources, the funding comes when you have that in mind. And so that's what I want for you. I want everyone to elevate their wealth consciousness. That's how we're going to change the world. Like I really, really believe that. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope you take it upon yourself to make your relationship with money. One that's healthy, that's non codependent. That's not needy. That's just abundant and trusting and full of overflow and love that that's available. And, um, I hope, I hope and pray that that's where you go because it's a beautiful place to be. And that's how we change the world is by changing our relationship with money so that we can give more, serve more and make a better, bigger impact and do cool things with it as well. Okay. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, If you love this podcast, I know you'd love The Matrix. It's my group coaching program. I feel like it is the inner path of entrepreneurship. If you feel like entrepreneurship has opened you up to ideas of spirituality and mindset, where you feel like you need to challenge your old way of thinking and you want to do it in a group setting with me, The Matrix is the place. So I coach live every week. 
You get access to all my programs. It's an incredible opportunity to do this work of entrepreneurship together. And I would love to see you in there. Head to www.itsambersmith.com forward slash matrix to find out more and to join us today.